Warning, this episode of Ohio is on Fire contains strong opinions and viewpoints that belong to the host and guests that appear on Ohio is on Fire. This show contains entertainment and honesty that reaches extreme levels. Please do not try this at home. Because this is the show where Ohio froze down. Ohio is on fire. This is episode 177 of the show of the most. Once again, I'm Daniel Diesel, and I got a packed show tonight. Um, of course, I will go ahead and get into it because I have a segment that I believe is everyone's favorite segment. I'm going to go ahead and do it right now. I have some people helping me. I have a crowded room right now, but I'm, it, it is now time for the one and only O-M-V-P. And that stands for Ohio's Most Valuable Pedestrian. But before we get to that, Maxwell and Doug, say hello. You're mic'd up. Hello. Hey, guys. Yes, thank you for joining me. You can chime in as I do this OMVP, but there's always an article and a backstory that goes with OMVP. And of course, for, if people want to know what OMVP is, it goes to a person or a group of people that's interested in the state of Ohio. Um, so we're going to get to the article. It's from HollywoodReporter.com. So here's let's get to it. The any distributor behind Oscar nominee Loving Vincent is starting a production on a pair of horror films that will shoot in the Buckeye State. Mad River Valley in 27 times. So that's the title of this article, and it's I'll read some of the paragraphs. Good D Entertainment, the upstart indie distributor behind Loving Vincent, is expanding to Ashland, Ohio, with the opening of its new headquarters. Its genre label, Cranked Up Films, will join GDE and will be up and running in January in its new location, where it will continue to develop, produce, finance, acquire, and distribute any films. And here's a quote um, from Scott Dunley. The Midwest is an exciting new entertainment market and is a prime location for both production and post production services, said um, G, uh, CEO Scott Donnelly. Access to diverse filming locations, a wealth of talent in neighboring cities, and Ohio's excellent tax incentive make Ashland an ideal location for the next phase of our growth strategy. Key executives moving from Los Angeles to Ashland, including COO. Nikki Steyer Justice and Vice President of Accusations and Distribution, Kristen Harris. Although his headquarters will now be in Ohio, GDE, which means Good D Entertainment, in case you guys forgot already, will still maintain a core team operating out of Los Angeles. Now, this is a lengthy article, so I'll scroll down to the last paragraph. Uh, Mad River Valley in 27 times joined an upcoming Good Deed Entertainment slate that includes Tribeca Film Festival award winning To Dust, The Canvas Stock, Breaking Habits, in the thriller Coyote Lake, which stars Camila Mendez and Adrian Barraza, Good Day Entertainment will close out 2018 with romantic comedy after everything. Releasing, its, releasing in theaters and on demand October 12th. Um, cranked up films, latest release, Don't Leave Home, a horror film set in the Irish countryside, is currently available on demand. The company scored an Oscar nomination earlier this year for Loving Vincent in the animated feature category. So what do you guys think of all of this, based on what I just read? This is an independent film company from Hollywood coming to Ohio. What do you guys think? And welcome to the show, Titus Wayne. Hi. Hello. Sorry I'm late. It's okay. Well, we're glad that you're here. We thought you were adopted by zombies, so you're not, alive. Not yet. Not again. So, guys, thoughts on Good D Entertainment come to Ohio? Yeah. Yeah, you bring a lot of money to you and jobs. I can see how if people need extras... Um, that would be a way to um, 
yeah, create those jobs. I think that's a wonderful idea. Of course, Maxwell, uh, thank you for being on the show. This is your first time ever on my show. Um, you are a movie buff. Um, do, you have, do you watch a lot of independent films besides the mainstream films? Um, I, don't, I don't go to like the independent movie theaters a lot, but I do see a couple of them. Like, uh, like there's one that came out a couple years, uh, a couple months ago, I think, called Leave No Trace. Uh, so that one was pretty good. Okay. But um, with, with this coming into the local area, I think that is pretty interesting. Like Doug said, going to definitely bring a lot more jobs. And um, actually, that's right in between. That's like halfway between Cleveland and columbus yeah. so yes i and, mean that will definitely bring a lot more to the northern ohio area i think it's it, definitely a good move and you know sometimes they do movies in cincinnati i know one of my favorite films ever is spider-man 2 the um sam remy tony tony mcguire tony mcguire films they um film parts of that in cleveland and in cincinnati ohio um i believe parts of an adam sandler film was filmed there and also another movie one of my favorite comedies is tommy boy with chris farley and david spade they filmed that in parts of Bowling Green, Ohio, and um, other parts of Ohio. That was it was. Now they did go to Chicago for that one scene, but it was mostly in Ohio. So fat guy in a little. Coat. Oh, you had to do it. Fat yep. guy in a little coat. They also just they shot um part of the old man the gun with Robert Redford and Casey Affleck here in Dayton. That's that pretty cool. I why well, did not know that? That's cool. They're going to be showing that next month at the Plaza Theater in Miamisburg. I think they showed the, they started showing at the Neon here probably like a week ago. Okay. Well, this is news to me. But um, I tell you, before I get to this closure for OMVP, um, I'm a big fan. Of, this is one of my, um, I guess, what, secret pleasures or what you would call it. I love Tommy Wiseau's The Room. I think it would be killer if Tommy Wiseau was some, if he was if he was crazy enough to do it and he convinced the cast members that this would make a lot of money. He should make an alternative universe of the room. Maybe call it the room, the alternative room. He can do it in Cleveland, Ohio. He'd save a lot of money because um, I know money's a big deal. And then he can come on this show, Ohio's on Fire. Be, he'd be like, hi, Daniel. Oh, hi, hi Mark. Oh, hi, hi, Titus. Hi, Doug. Hi, Adam Wainwright. You're awesome GM for the station. Hi. And you tell me about Maxwell Patton. I, I, I would love to meet Tommy Wiseau. I truly, I truly would. I, I do, too. I, he's the man. I'd I'm, really like to find out what planet he's actually from. Poland. Poland? Is it really? It, it's, it's, it's the planet Poland, yes. Cool. I heard he, he's, according to him, he says he's from New Orleans, so I didn't know New Orleans was the furthest um, planet from Mars. I did not know <laughs> that. Because that's where he sounds like he's from, really. But, oh, New Orleans, I'll go with that. So, yeah, that, I, I want to meet him, too. I don't care what anyone says about him. You either love him or you hate his films. But, yeah, he's a cool guy. So um, so I want to meet him. So with that, um, let me get to this um, award ceremony for this Good Deed Entertainment. I'm not good to a single person. It's going to be good to this whole crew because it's not every day that a Hollywood film crew actually uproots from Hollywood and comes to Ohio and moves there. But it's happening. It's rare. Because other people that are involved with this, it's Nikki Steyer Justice and Kristen Harris. Um, they're coming to Ohio. And they might win some awards. They might hire some people. They might make cinema movie magic. But they did something tonight on this episode. Episode 177 of Ohio's on Fire. Good to entertainment. The whole group. You are O-M-V-P. And that stands for... Ohio's most valuable 
pedestrian. Round of applause. We're all clapping. Yes, it's good to be good to entertainment. What a- WWSU presents Dating Tips. Scenario one. Dinner was great. Everything was wonderful. Thanks for a great evening. Yeah, it was great. You look great. That dress looks great. But I think it looked better on my floor. Ah, I'm leaving you ass. Scenario two. Dinner was great. Everything was wonderful. Thanks for a great evening. Yeah, um, if you're not really doing anything, if, you, if you'd like to come up, we can cuddle and um, watch some Looney Tunes or something. Uh, thanks for the invitation, but I gotta go wash my dog. Scenario three. Dinner was great. Everything was wonderful. Thanks for a great evening. Thanks for the wonderful evening. How would you like to come upstairs and check out my house? Um, sure. Yeah. How about some tunes? Okay. Keep your music going. This is Sex Lost by Beck on WWSU. You got WWSU? Only the best for you, girl. Let's go see your bedroom. WWSU. Wine them. Dine them. 1069 them. Thanks, WWSU. I have not heard of that commercial in seven years. That is a blast from the past. I don't know who found that commercial. I want to find that person and hug them and maybe kiss them if you'll let me, but maybe not. I'm going to assume that you're a sports fan all your life since you do um, sports talk radio here at the station. So I want to know, what is your earliest um, happy sports memory as a fan? My, the earliest, my earliest sports memory as a fan is probably got to be the 2006 Steelers win over the Seattle Seahawks. All right. So, okay, interesting enough. Um, now, did you play sports when you was a youth? Yeah, I played um, for about five years before I moved to Ohio. Yeah. So fr- pretty much from like 2005 slash six up until like 2009, 2010, yeah. I played baseball. And then whenever I first went, um, just recently, whenever I was a junior and yeah. senior in high school, I was actually the manager of the Springboro baseball team, the varsity wow. baseball team. So, okay. Yeah, I was with, I was primarily with um, baseball in terms of playing slash managing. Interesting. Okay. Um, now I want to know, um, I know gossip about the behind the scenes in the sports world. It's very popular, almost as popular as the game itself. So I want to know, as a sports broadcaster, what is fascinating about behind-the-scenes gossips in the sports world? I'm assuming kind of like the quote-unquote like um, tension between players. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yeah, something like that. Yes. I think it. I think it helps. I don't want to say drive business, but it kind of helps um, add to the excitement for mm. the game because it. Like if you're going from game to game to game, only playing the game and kind of like kicking, kind of like jumping de- down each other's throats, yeah. there there's really not much excitement besides the very uh, like few and far between like little scuffles like we saw yeah. on Saturday night in basketball, yeah, or like the occasional fights in hockey, yeah. There, the off the scene stuff is kind of one of those that kind of amps the fans up it kind of is like hey you you're 
you t- you're terrible, LeBron James. I can't wait to yeah. beat you this Thursday night. Yeah, when like, someone tweets, LeBron James, I'm coming for your kneecaps. That's, yeah. Yeah, that I, that grabs yeah, people's attention. Any now, publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I guess in for the most part, yeah. controversy is it keeps people interested. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I want to ask you this, Doug. Um, this was a big sports happening in the early '90s. It was very infamous. But the O.J. Simpson trial, it was um, a huge deal in the mid '90s. And of course, I think that's where the um, gossip in sports journalism kind of got started with his trial. Now, I want to know: Were you young enough to remember the O.J. Simpson trial? In that whole ordeal. Honestly, I actually was born like right after it happened. Oh, okay. So, but have I've ha- I have heard of the O.J. Simpson scandal about his murder, uh, him murdering. Yeah, I think his wife or yeah, his wife. His, he was accused of murdering his wife and her friend. Yeah, I, I have heard of it that he he went on to like a small kind of um. Like not drive by, but um, police like chase. Yes, oh. and then a little factoid about that: that Bronco chase happened on my birthday, really? nineteen ninety four. So that's how I remember it. It was the Bronco chase heard around the world, <laughs> and it was on my birthday. So thank you, OJ Simpson, for ruining my birthday in ninety four. <laughs> I definitely remember that. Yeah. Yes, but um, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Yeah. Well, well, that's what a certain lawyer said, but. We know how that turned out over the years. Yeah, now we have the Kardashians. Well, with the Kardashians, and we have that book, If I Did It, which I think that was him confessing, but let's not even get into that. Yeah. So, all right, so I was just wondering if you knew anything about OJ. Um, I want to talk to you about fantasy football. Of course, it's a bonus that Maxwell's here because I know he's going to be on tonight. We are doing fantasy football on behalf of WWSU. It's me, Maxwell, you, Doug. Um, We also got Lee W. Mallon, who is a sports legend here at the station, Chris Toney, we got um, Ted Beast, um, John Lieber, um, Darren Glines, another legend at the station, and Nathan Cohn. I think I covered all nine. If I missed anyone, my bad. We're duking it out to see who is the best in fantasy football among DJs. So how do you guys like it so far? Um, For me, not so well since it looks like I'm yeah, either going to be one and six or two and five. Yeah. So, it, <laughs> so it's one of those that... Yeah. I'm having a, a lot of fun because yeah. this was really my first technical kind of fantasy football. Yeah. But it's also my first technical thing. Yeah. So it's like I I came into the thing assuming I was going to just destroy everybody with yeah. like Antonio Brown and like Tom Brady and Gronkowski. But it looks <laughs> like A, Gronkowski has been, um, has been questionable a lot which maxwell kind of predicted whenever yeah. he gave me gronkowski yes tom brady he's putting up an average of around 20 25 points yeah and antonio brown is okay he is off and off on and off he's game. having an off year because i actually had antonio brown three seasons ago in fantasy football he was off the charts that year he's having an off year for his standards yeah he surprisingly that's a lot. That's the thing about the Steelers is being three, two, and one. Yeah, it's it's weird being. I mean, yeah. this is also coming from a Steelers fan. Yeah, if I do, if I say this from a Steelers point of view, it's weird to see that the Steelers are three, two, and one. Yeah, but from a sportscaster pers- um, perspective, 
it's nothing old. It's not yeah. anything out of the ordinary because a few years back they did start the season zero and four before yeah. before they went on to a bye week in week five. And yeah, went eight and four from week six to week seventeen. Wow, yeah. less stretch. Yeah, I'm ready to hear us all time in the uh, Steelers locker room at least this week. Three, two, one, fire! Oh boy. Yeah. Um, now about this fantasy football league, um, I haven't decided what the prize is going to be yet. Um, I have the season ending um, the week of the same week that our station would have a holiday party. That way we announced the winner at this some um, holiday party. So I'm thinking of a prize. I didn't make a pull like either it'd be tickets to another center event or birthday cake with your face on it or <laughs> some other. I forgot. There's two others that I kind of forget. Oh, where's my elephant? When well, I mean that's a reference to the Simpsons. When Bart Simpson, he wanted to win an elephant as part of a radio contest. So I figured maybe you guys can win an elephant if you win this WSU Fantasy Football League. Like a porcelain Yeah, elephant. something like that. Yeah. So the four of us need to chip in on this elephant at the Columbus Zoo. And then I forgot what the other one was. but So I don't I need, I need to think what the prize is going to be. Um, so I'll have to get back to you on that. It's, it's got to be something. But at the very least, it's going to be bragging rights. And whoever wins this will be considered the king of WSU Radio. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there, so that's, so that's there's bragging rights. And I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for this league. Um, so let, I want to ask you about this, Doug. Um, should college athletes, should they be paid to be to play sports just like the pros? Um, it, it's, it's <laughs> say what, Max? I've heard this so much. We've had speeches with my public speaking class on this topic. And on this, it's honestly been some pretty interesting uh, discussions for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, there's two ways to think about this because if you think about it through the work that they actually put in, yeah, it looks like they should. Yeah, but if you look at it through rules and regulations, money financially, and all that stuff, yeah, it's really hard to do because if you were to um pay one sports team, you're gonna have to pay every other sports team. Yeah. So it's like t um, places like OSU who have a predominantly like well-known football team yeah. in like Alabama, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, who all have well-known football teams. Yeah. You think, okay, they put in hours and hours and hours of their time each week into practicing, playing, and just scrimmages for the thing. But you also have to think, a, how much will it cost the university? Because yeah. how much will they be technically working? Yeah. Plus, they also have to look at it. Okay, Title IX comes into play. And yeah. if the football team gets paid, then the like women, like one, like the women's volleyball team has to get paid, and then yeah. the baseball team. And the yeah, it's a ripple effect. Yeah, the ripple effect that. It, if one team gets it, then the other gender and or other sport has to get it. And it's just one of those that you t go from having 52 pl 53 players getting paid to over 200, 300, maybe sometimes 500. Yeah, maybe, maybe in the thousands in the yeah. big college. And especially if they're getting paid minimum wage, minimum yeah. wage for at least in Ohio is yeah. eight, what, 825? Yeah, yeah, 830. So it's like paying each person $8.30 yeah. for 10 hours a week, 10, 20 hours a week. Yeah. Gets really expensive. And it can yeah. get upwards to 
like six figures like you can get paid upwards to like your uh school would have to pay upwards to 150 200 yeah hundred thousand dollars just to pay everybody i have a remedy for that i say the players should be tipped and not get a regular full salary per hour because with tips people that work tip jobs they can only get like 410 an hour yeah, I got so my, i get 435 in my tip number. well there you go but yeah i was looking for the wage 435 an hour I would like to see tipping in college. They should start with that. But I am, I do support the idea of college athletes getting paid. But here's the thing. It would be a one-by-one -one process. First would be football and basketball. Then it should go to the women's sports. And I think it should um, spread to other student-ran activities. So I think um, this they would potentially open the door for college radio students to get paid as well. This that would is, be uh, nice. That, would, that be would be very be nice. nice. <laughs> That's why I support it because it's got to start somewhere. But if they show that works, then it can work elsewhere as well. You just got to have the um, profits coming in. And but I'm open to the idea of tipping because uh, websites like Twitch.com and Vendor, they allow for people that stream to get tipped. And I really, I would, uh, hopefully in the next 10 years, college um, radio um, DJs, they get they can get tipped for live college radio shows. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a DJ Patreon, basically. Yes. Yeah, that would be that would be really cool. I would yeah. love that. I mean, yeah, in in some ways, I do agree that they should be compensated in yes. some way. But if you're taking the comp, if you're giving compensation to the school uh, to the players yeah. from the revenue that they bring in from sports, yeah, the there would be a lot of financial. Disrep discrep um, discrepancies yeah. in it, but yeah, like tipping, like finding new ways of like get like allowing, um, allowing teams and uh, like schools to, um, like allow uh, like allowing schools to have their um the athletes getting endorsed. So if okay. like one team gets endorsed, having all the teams that like OSU get endorsed by yes. like Nike or Under Armour. Yeah. So that kind of spreads out a little. Well, uh, my friend Paul on Facebook here just brought up a good point. Just think about merchandising. Like, yeah, like you're talking about, you know, like, like yes. they, they're selling jerseys with these students' names on them. They should probably get compensated for that in some regard, right? Yes. Yeah. Monetary award. Yeah. Like, say, here's for every shirt that we sell, here's a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at least something. Because. I've I have heard from some um some like actual at student athletes that it, um trying to do homework, studying, classwork, practicing, playing takes a lot of time. I mean that's do. like basically full like you're working two full time yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're practicing and doing school is pretty much doing two full time jobs. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah, in some ways they get should get paid, but you also have to think of Title Nine coming in because Title Nine mm -hmm. is kind of well the the one that is a big wrench into into the tire because it's like if it wasn't for Title Nine, this entire subject would be entirely different. Yeah, absolutely. That should be. Um... That'd be good. That'd be appealed. But yeah, but yeah, I support it. Yeah, one of these days, college athletes will be paid, and maybe college DJs as well. So I, I love yeah. it. Um, I have one more question for you, um, Pete Rose. He was banned for baseball for gambling way back twenty years ago, and gambling is on the rise in sports. So what do you think of it? 
What do you think of gambling um, in sports? Honestly, I kind of like the idea of gambling. I think there has been for a good chunk of my yeah. memory of sports, there's been at least some sort of gambling. I think yeah. it's more in Vegas gambling because yeah. the teams wouldn't actually profit. Yeah. But I, I kind of support it, but it would have to be regulated because if it yeah. was team by team basis it could be it, one team could oversaturate something oversaturate the 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 market and destroy it yeah. and um unfairities and all that stuff okay. because i think new i think the i think us law within actually the last few months allowed it like federal law allowed to have um sports gambling yeah and new jersey actually started regulating that yeah so i in some ways i kind of like the idea of gambling because um it kind of adds a, another level to it but i feel like you would get to the point that if it wasn't regulated <laughs> players and team like players front office management everybody would start like um, like paying off players to throw a game and all that. Oh uh, yeah, that could happen. Yeah, yeah. There's a risk risk factor to that. Yeah. So um, I think maybe that's why he was banned for gambling because there's a conflict. There's a conflict of interest. Pete Rose, yeah. he was betting on his team to win, so at least it was good. He believed his team and his <laughs> team enough that he wanted to bet on the win. Um, but it is a conflict of interest, and there was reports that he was using his like closer to pitch last two innings, and his pitcher was getting extra tired so then that paid that paid a role that played a role in his gambling addiction so that yeah there was a danger there so i i, I can see why they banned him he should be in the hall of fame though and um it's unfortunate that he's not in the hall of fame based on what he did as a player before he got into that all that gambling stuff yeah later in his life yeah, absolutely yeah. titus Wayne has a few questions for you he's my co-host for this episode yeah, yeah. uh so uh not being a big sports fan myself I've uh, just wondered, have you ever had to cover a sports game that you thought was really boring? Um, it, it, it's kind of hard to say because, um... Because I imagine it helps if you're actually interested and engaged in the sport, right? Yeah, like, do you, do you mean just, like, as a, I don't want to say news reporter because I'm not, I, I can't really say I'm a news reporter. Yeah. Um, but is it, do you mean more as, like, a me broadcasting the game? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, have you ever had to commentate on something that maybe you don't know a whole lot about or maybe just something that, you know, you're not exactly... Like, like, say, like, if you're not a big tennis guy, but you had to cover a tennis match, or I, I'm not exactly yeah. sure what you've covered, but... Yeah, honestly, there were, like, there was maybe one or two basketball games whenever I was in high school, and that's because I was kind of at that point in high school that I didn't enjoy basketball as much as other sports, but I kind of did it to help me grow as a broadcaster. Cool. And um, and I've definitely grown more to enjoy basketball, but still not the level of like football and hockey and baseball. And all so that, that yeah. So that answers my follow up. You know, because like it, like how would you get through something like that? I guess you kind of like you learn about it and you you actually get a little bit of an interest from it. Then. Yeah, because. That's the thing about each sport is that baseball compared to hockey compared to football compared to um, basketball is you 
especially radio broadcasts go at different pace paces because like football like there are a lot there's a lot of up and down up and down uh kickoff returns uh kickoffs punts and all that stuff so there's a lot of kind of i don't want to say dead space but a lot of time to kind of just fill yeah this time where like hockey unless it's like unless they're doing face-offs yeah it's going 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 baseball similar to football is kind of just um there's a lot of setup time yeah there's a lot of setup time like the pitcher has to like focus on what type of pitch he wants he has to do his entire delivery he has to throw it if the batter hits it if if it's gonna be a home run a foul ball a uh, single double triple it's kind of one of those that each sport has its different paces because of just different different like um variety of the sport yeah okay well yeah and that uh that kind of goes right in with my next question then because like you know with football i've noticed especially like i was just at frickers last night watching the game and they play a lot of music like during like when when they're you know when they've got that downtime and like that setup like you're talking about who picks that music and and it, like is that anything that you've ever had to do because like i've heard like david bowie and like they play like nickelback and stuff like that who's in control of that it i i think that's more the um the what's it called um not, not the camera operators but the producers of it because each uh each stadium kind of has their own producer, like producers, because in in some way a football, at least covering the game in terms of camera camera wise, yeah, each game is kind of like a movie, because um, like I've done some job shadowing, yeah, for some baseball broadcasters, one of which was uh was Marty Brenneman with the Cincinnati Reds. And the other one was the uh, broadcaster for uh, for the Dayton Dragons, and there's um there's a lot of just like pe other people saying, okay, this is what we need. Uh, this is what we need. You need to say during such and such period, uh, such and such time, so we can get uh, maximum profit. Because you know each thing is uh, each sport kind of has their own. Um, sponsors yeah. so they kind of need to either buy um so they either need to be they need to do their sponsorship deals with either through radio um announcements or by the actual broadcaster saying okay this is from so like yoohoo yeah like the chocolate drink company um yoohoo if you're ever thirsty drink some yoohoo yeah or all like that Honda motorsports or yeah, something like that it's so it's more kind of the producer of the thing to decide who actually what goes when and what song goes that because not every state not every like sports team and radio station has the right to said song or said uh like advertisement so it's kind of them trying to say okay we need to do this in this time frame and that in that time frame cool Okay, and then uh, my last question, I guess, would be you kind of uh, right along with that. Uh, you know, you've done job shadowing. You've worked with other sports commentators and things like that. Is there anybody that you've not worked with that maybe you'd like to job shadow? For instance, I'm a really, like, I'm not a really big UFC fan, but I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan. 
And I love when, when he does his commentaries and stuff. Is there anybody like that that you'd absolutely love to, to pick their brain? or? I would probably want to... Um, there's one guy who does MSNBC... Not, M- not MSNBC, but um, NBCSN, who, um, which is primarily like a hockey... Um, hockey uh, program that he he's a very rec- like you'll probably you can probably easily recognize the voice because he can he he's very excited whenever he does it um i i won't mind job shadowing him or phil bork the um the radio broadcaster from the pittsburgh penguins okay awesome <laughs> awesome now um Doug Levis, you have a big event coming up at um, Pramati Brothers on November 3rd or November 2nd. Um, but tell us all about that. Yeah, so um, Pramati Brothers is a um, sandwich uh, it is a sandwich restaurant. It not it's kind of sort of like Subway, but not like Subway because they they deal with more like actual sandwiches and yeah. not subs. Okay. And, um, I, I, for some reason, I would just have drew a blank on it if I said this, but they're, they're based out of Pittsburgh. Yes. And, um, I really like the restaurant and there's one up by the Fairfield Commons that, um, I've been to a few times and because it's from Pittsburgh, it's a sports restaurant, a sports place and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just contacted them. I'm like, Hey. Would I be able to do a remote broadcast out of it? And we were able to set up a time to do it. And um, it's coming up November 3rd from 12 to one thirty. Okay. And um, there's very little guarantee for this. But I'm... Um, oh, no. They've already confirmed... Sorry. There's very, very little guarantee. Like, maybe 1% chance of actually having Chris Young on it. Because... Chris Young, who's a country singer, okay, um, is having a show that night, November third, at the Nutter Center. Okay, um, at yeah, at seven thirty. Wow. So I contacted his manager, I'm like, hey, I'm a broadcaster out of um, Dayton, Ohio, out of Wright State University. I saw that Chris Young was having a show that night. Yeah. If he wants to come, he and join my show, he can. And they had mentioned that his schedule is full that day. But if there's any openings, he'll they'll contact me. Yeah. But because they um his next show's not for like nearly a week after, I did mention like, hey, if he's if he's still in the Dayton area the next day and has enough energy, he can always come to the station and do some advertisement. Yeah. So it was just a lot of collaboration with um back to the Permani Brothers thing that it was a lot of collaboration between me and the actual store and um and that I can actually um, do the broadcast because it's pretty yeah. much like a sports broadcast, but I'll be like doing it from the store. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, and it's open to the public for anyone who wants to come down to um, watch me do a live broadcast. Man, that's awesome! I hope yeah. it goes yeah. well for you. Thank I'll try, you. I'll try to listen to it, but but so when you do do this, it's going to be live on this station when it happens. Yes, it will be. Oh. It will be live, and I will. Um, I will be um, taking it. I will be um, recording it on. All right. Either on on Audacity or have it recorded either way the audio, so I can um, play it for future times and. Excellent. So, yeah. Right, cool. well, well, that. Well, I hope. Well, 
whether it's by radio or by um, your pre-recorded material, I do look to hear that broadcast. It sounds Thank really you. interesting. Yeah, it will, it will be a lot of fun. Well, Doug, it was my pleasure to have you on this show. Good luck with everything. You look to the big show coming up November 3rd and all of your... And, of course, you're on Monday afternoon, so you're on like four, three or four hours before I come on. Yeah. So And, of course, good luck to the rest of this football league that we're in. Hopefully... Thank you. And I should remind everyone that this football league, everyone makes the playoffs in this league. So even if you go one and eight or one and seven, you would have a play-in game. Like the, the two teams, the two guys with the worst record would have a play-in game and then... The winner of that would go on to the final eight. Um, that'd be, then there'd be elimination week by week until we have a championship. Okay. So so good luck with everything, Doug. You too. All right. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're yeah, welcome, thank man. You. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Ohio is on Fire on 106.9 WWSU. We're going to be playing a little bit more music. Uh, this next act is uh, Hexadiode from Dayton, Ohio. Uh, this is actually their bio here. Formed in 2014 and hailing from the bleak, industrial, abandoned factory city of Dayton, Ohio, in the Midwest of the USA, Hexadiode delivers a creative burst of energy amongst the drab landscape for which they were born. A hardware-only electro-industrial dance act that dabbles in art damage ex and experimental tendencies, Hexadiode are committed to producing an old-school EBM dynamic with a forward-thinking 21st-century approach. Members Tim Krug and Jonas Misa create tracks that are melodically infectious and rich in hooks, while staying true to the artistic and experimental edges that keep the genre of dark electronica moving forward. Hexadiode is influenced by su such acts as Front 242, Nitzereb, Skinny Puppy, and Nine Inch Nails, as well as enigma enigmatic cross-genre electrical acts such as Liars, Brian Eno, and Aphex Twin. Uh, here's uh, another track from them. It's called Turn to Zero. That's right. Sustained control 
back live of Ohio is on fire. And we have our second guest of the evening, and she is an amazing talent from Dayton, Ohio area. She teaches yoga in downtown Dayton, but we're going to learn a lot more about her. She is the one only Tori Reynolds. Say hello, Tori. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? I'm doing great. Now, I have my co-host, Titus Swain. He's actually going to start the interview. He's going to have, like, three questions for you, so I'm going to leave the mic to him. So, take it away, Titus. Hey, Tori. How are you? I'm doing well. Cool. Uh, good yeah. to hear. Uh, so, yeah. I, uh, I I read a little bit about Speakeasy. Uh, I hear you guys do hot and non-hot yoga. Uh, what style do you teach? Um, I teach both. Uh, primarily at the studio, we teach a little bit more athletically inclined um, vinyasa yoga style, which is a lot of people might just hear, you know, like a flow style of yoga and resonate with that. Um, so the classes are pretty powerful, but we do offer a prenatal class once a week. We offer a handful of gentle classes and we, we cater to all levels. So we definitely have some classes that are geared more towards um, the beginner yogi as well as the more seasoned. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was going to ask also that, uh, you know, like, because I, I imagine that some yoga poses and, and things like that are probably pretty stressful on the body. Would you recommend <laughs> that, like, anybody start doing yoga or is there a certain level of fitness that you might want to reach before you, you start trying yoga? No, I think that anyone can do yoga. It just depends. There are so many different styles, really. Uh, not not everyone resonates with a more athletic style. Some people want something that's more chill. Um, so it, it just totally depends on what you're looking for. We, you know, we'll have anyone come through and, and try it and all, all backgrounds too. So even if someone suffered, a, you know, an injury previously, this might be something that helps them strengthen, but obviously we want to be sensitive to where people are, um, at, at the moment. So if they are dealing with something more sensitive, then we need, we need something that's a little bit more gentle for them. So, you know, we always just assess when we meet new people. Okay. Well, awesome. Uh, so, Tori, how long have you been practicing yoga, and what made you decide to get into teaching? Uh, well, actually, I started practicing yoga while I was going to Wright State. So uh, <laughs> I, I took a six-week summer quarter class back when I was 21, and I'm 31 now. So it's been almost, almost 10 years, actually. Uh, so it, it's, it's been a while and it, you know, it's evolved over time, but I'm super grateful that I found it when I did because I actually finished my degree and then I just went right on teaching and now I'm here. Well, that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was Titus Wayne. I have some questions for you. This is Daniel Diesel here. Now I know with yoga, it's supposed to relieve stress, but say that, um, something bad happens to you. Say you like you break your leg or in your situation, know. such as being on a live radio show. What would you do to relieve stress <laughs> as an alternative to yoga? Um, you know what? I, I have to say that right now my biggest stress relievers are my two uh, six-month-old puppies. Um, okay. So they, they're pretty great. Is that what we heard um, in the background? Yes. Yes. yes they, are, they are all over the place, but they're super sweet, super cuddly. But aside from that, it man, if I couldn't, like, if I broke my leg, that'd be awful. But I, I am pretty good at chilling out, too. Uh, I... You know, music, reading, um, hanging out with friends, uh, yeah. good food. I, there are many things that I appreciate about this life. And, you know, yoga is a, a great addition to it. But yoga is so much more than just the physical practice itself. That's one of the eight limbs of yoga. So, really, I could practice yoga even if I could never walk again. I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen. But, yeah. you know, anyone can practice yoga no matter what situation they are in. Well, that's amazing. Now, you and me were talking briefly 
Um, you can't correct me on this because I know in the past it was yoga classes at the Warped Wayne in Dayton, Ohio, which is a place that serves mm-hmm. beer. And you said that you never taught there, so perhaps I was confused. <laughs> but I want to ask you about beer and yoga because it is a really popular trend. People like to take yoga and then drink some beers. So I want to ask your personal advice since you are a teacher. Is any sort of alcohol good for a person during, before, or after yoga? I I personally will say that I don't recommend drinking during yoga because okay. you have to have a decent amount of focus, a decent amount of balance, and definitely <laughs> want to keep yourself safe. So, yes. You know, and, and I, I definitely enjoy a glass of wine or two. I have one sitting with me right now, actually. Don't so drink in I, yoga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I know that it's been done many times before, but but it should – I. I say it's a good thing to have a clear-headed practice and then enjoy a drink or two afterwards is, is not a bad thing. And really, um, I think it's, I think it's cool that, uh, different businesses are able to turn their spaces into a space that can bring people in for yoga because it might bring in the person who is a little bit less inclined to go to a studio because studios can be a little bit more intimidating from the start. So, you know, whatever gets people on the mat, starting out and then maybe someday they'll end up in a studio or maybe they end up just developing a practice of their own at home and whatever way is great the more people doing yoga the better um and, you know and you know wine and beer are great too so uh, <laughs> it all, absolutely it, it all has a time and place yeah. yes now um perhaps i want to ask you this either throughout your life or during one of your yoga classes say a fun situation happens you know someone fights each other or just some yelled um, arguing, um, how do you um, break up a violent situation? You know, that that's a great question because I would probably be a little bit too scared to get in the middle of a violent situation uh. to try and break it up. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I, I say, you know, if you can um, appeal to the better nature of all people involved and try to calm something down, that's a great thing, but obviously keeping... If, if there are more people around, keeping more people safe is definitely my priority. Uh, yes. So I would always suggest, like, to maybe not get involved and maybe get someone else to stop whatever's going on that is more experienced and uh, definitely definitely could handle the situation better than I could. But I, I try to stay away from violent situations altogether, for sure. Yes, call for the chopper. That's what I yeah, would do. Yes, yes get exactly. it, let Arnold take care of it. Yeah, yeah, I would much rather have Arnold step in. That's yeah. good. <laughs> um, I want to talk about um, the music that you're involved with, with your friend mm-hmm. Ben Rivette. Um, of course, it's a band called Go With The Flow. You participate in this band. It's a mixture of yoga poses and original music. So who began that band? How that become about? Yeah, so it's really more of just a collaborative effort. Uh, ben and I um, have been working on this project for, oh man, it's been since January 2012 now. Uh, this is what really kind of catapulted us around and got me a lot of my experience um, going in and out of different studios, teaching many different groups of people, um, which has definitely helped me uh, develop my skills as a teacher. But it was really just him doing his thing with his guitar, his vocals, his looping station, and then me teaching a class. So yeah. I don't do any. I don't do any of the postures. I just lead people through a. a pretty pretty typical class of what you might find me teaching at speakeasy um but the whole premise is that he creates a live soundtrack right there and um 
the special part about it is that he he locks in a tempo within probably the first 10, 15 minutes of the practice where it actually is locked into around an 82 to 86 BPM and yeah. it dictates the pace of the breath. So it counts out a four count inhale and a four count exhale for everybody. And you can kind of hear and feel the rise and the fall of the breath with the music. So it gets people really, really immersed and becomes a really meditative experience. So it's cool. Ben would just be, you know, kind of chilling out in the back of the room, uh, playing and doing his thing as I teach the class. All right. And we were able to, yeah, we were able to do it all around the country you know, <laughs> for four years, pretty intense. We toured a lot, but then we started to slow down, especially when uh, speakeasy started to develop. And we've been able to spend a lot more time at home, which has been, you know, really nice for us as in, in individuals and and together um since we are together actually so, okay <laughs> yeah yeah um so it, it's it's been a cool progression but it, it taught us a lot and has been just such an amazing experience and opportunity all right now i want to know is there a national community of yoga music bands throughout this country besides what you guys do in dayton ohio so we haven't come across that many. There are definitely a handful of pretty prominent DJs that are known for going around and playing, you know, some bigger festivals and stuff. And then every now and then I've come across uh, a few people that maybe do some more drumming type stuff or electronic style stuff, but I've never met anyone that specifically did exactly what we were doing. And I think, I think it's been really cool because, you know, Ben and I jived really well from the start. So the, the chemistry was really good uh, for us as a team because we were we were working together before we were dating and just yeah. like that that working chemistry was really nice so it it became pretty easy for us to get gigs and have these really amazing cohesive classes yes. but also Ben's, Ben's skills with the beatboxing with his um, guitar skills with his looping abilities that it that that was really what set us apart I haven't met anyone else that does looping that has uh, really collaborated with the teacher as closely as he did with me um, since we were pretty good friends too when we started out obviously so. Uh, it's it's cool. There there are just a bunch of different things that you can find, but I will say, you know, as humbly as I can, we're the only ones who are doing what we're doing. As I oh right, I know. Yeah, so it's cool. Man, that well transcending there, that's unbelievable. So um, I hope it actually becomes a natural thing. Um, which I don't know if I think the right person has to come along and hear what you and Ben are yeah. doing, going to flow, and then they'll break out. So that's. There's potential there. I hope it really spreads over the years. This, Thank you. This yoga yeah, music thing. For, yeah, yeah, it, it's cool. We we love to do it, especially now that it's a little bit fewer and farther between. It doesn't feel so much like a grind. It feels like a really fun event that we're able to provide everyone. Um, so yes. it, it, it's, it's awesome that we have that opportunity. Yes. I got two more questions for you. Um, one of the biggest yeah. things that I noticed that you do, you've done for several years now, is National Bike Week. At Riverscape, mm -hmm. in which you do conduct a class of of your of speakeasy yoga, um, yeah. I want. Do you have any goals for the 2019 event that yeah, people should be aware um, of now? Yeah, and that that actually is a that is a go with the flow class. That's one of the couple, like maybe two or three classes that we'll do in Dayton every year. Um, that was one of our first big classes that we ever did in 2012. So, you know, the fact that it's going to be 2019 and we're going to be host hosting the event again is pretty amazing. We're just always hoping to pull more and more people out to the event because it really is a great showing of the Dayton yoga community. Um, you know, like I was kind of speaking to the brewery events and things like that, just any event that is really low intimidation uh, and high community and super fun that brings people together that gets them experiencing yoga maybe in a way that they didn't realize it could be offered is really awesome um and and it all it 
totally kicks off the summer season for me because I teach also six other Saturday morning yoga classes at Riverscape throughout the summer, every summer, which is super fun. Those classes are almost as big as a bike week class. Yes. They've been growing so much over the years. But um, even like even more fun coming up, actually, we teach a class on New Year's Day every year. Okay. That's the evening of New Year's Day. And last year, we were able to turn it into a big fundraiser class. So we were able to donate over $1,000 to um, families of addicts in the Dayton area. Yes. Uh, and, and we held the class at top of the market and it was about a 150 person class. So that, that was amazing. It was almost like the, you know, the bike week class, like the indoor version of the bike week class in the middle of winter. So we get to right. these, like two really big fun events throughout the year um, that, that are, you know, for a good cause and bring people together and build community. Um, how can people be involved with speakeasy yoga, whether it's that or perhaps with the go of the flow concerts and all things Tori Reynolds, how can people get involved with what you do? Yeah, um, so the easiest way to find out all about the studio is to look us up uh, at speakeasydayton.com. Um, if you want to go with the flow stuff, we actually have tons of podcasts so you can listen to the classes and practice along, and those are just at gowtheflow.com as well. Um, but uh, for Speakeasy and for Go With The Flow, really, there we have Instagram pages as well, uh, at speakeasydayton and at igowtheflow. Uh, we're on Facebook, too. So there's just tons of information out there. Uh, and yes. if anyone has any questions, it's really easy to contact me through those pages. And I'm happy to help anyone, you know, get get their yoga started or just get their yoga started at Speakeasy if they already have a practice and they're interested in checking us out. All right. Well, that's all I have for you, Tori. Um, so good okay. luck with everything. And thank you for being on the thank show. You. Everyone yeah, say goodbye to Tori. Thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, Tori. Yeah, try to say goodbye to Tori. Bye, Tori. Goodbye, Tori. <laughs> All right, bye, guys.
I am high on life after hearing that track. That's amazing stuff right there. So that was good with the flow. We are back with Ohio is on fire. I'm here with Maxwell, Patton, and Titus Wayne. Hello. Um, yes, hello, everyone. Um, we're near the end of the show. Um, this has been an amazing show tonight. Episode 177 was a blast. Um, but I got some program notes before we get into my final message of this episode. Um, my next episode, which is next Monday night, I will have a Halloween special. I love doing these, so um, I don't know if I can dress up or not, but anyone that comes to the studio, whether it's my co-host or um, whether it's um, my guests that are coming, they can dress up if they please. Awesome. I will have two guests next week. Um, Frank James Bailey, he is a comic artist and creator of the um, popular independent classic Turcona. Um, yes, Frank James Bailey, he's also a former voice, a radio voice here in the Ohio area. I'm going to have a bunch of questions. Yes, me too. We will work that out. We, we have a whole week to prepare, and he's a good friend of mine, so he'll be my first guest of next week. And also, joining him, I'll interview these guys briefly, the, the, the band and Frank James together. We'll have a fun activity. Um, Narok Roth Patterson Band, um, they've been a guest on my show before. They're coming back for the second time um, next Monday night. Uh, not only am I, am I going to talk to them briefly and find out what's going on with them now, they're going to do three live performances of the original hits here in the studio. And they were, they are thrilled to be doing this. Um, they've been keeping in touch with me and I will uh, let them, and I'm letting them know um, tonight that I promoted them. We've been working on this for like a month. So I'm excited. And it's going to be the Halloween special of Ohio is on fire. So please listen to it next Monday night from six to eight. Um, and yeah, it's going to be blessed. Of course, um, Maxwell Patton, Ty Swain will join me next Monday night. And we will tackle this show like no other. But with Super that, it's now, yes, with that, it is now time for the final message. Um, for those of you that know me, um, I love doing college radio and I love this radio station. Um, last week was an eight year anniversary of something cool that I really did with this station. Um, back in 2010, um, this radio station did a issue on 69 FM. We won the best radio station. Um, as part of the Active Dating Awards, as they do um, foods, they did music, um, they did all sorts of different categories. And for a little while, they did radio. Um, they did the best radio station. And for one time only, the only time in our station's history, we were voted by the community of Dayton as the best radio station. And I was part of that staff. And it was actually early on in my radio career. Um, Take that, why so? Yeah, well... Sure. Why well, so I think I won it like four times. I wouldn't, oh. I wouldn't crack on them too hard. No, I love them. That's yeah, why, 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 why I brought them up. Yeah, but in 2010, that would be an appropriate thing to say. So it's, yeah, eat it, why so. In 2010, <laughs> we were the best. Um, and there were some amazing people that year. Now, in the past, on past shows, I've had a reunion for um, they based around this 2010. And around 2008 to 2012, we talked about that time frame. And it took us a solid half hour to get through the staff. Uh, for me to mention the names of the people that are on this staff, so I don't have time for that. But you can look up the past episode of my show. Um, I can't mention names. To, one guy I will mention, like I've always mentioned, is Nick Wiggett. Um, he was a student advisor for the station. And every year when it's the anniversary of our um, radio station winning the award, um, there was a group picture that we took. Of course, it's actually hanging in the lobby. Maxwell has probably seen his picture hundreds of times now. I've seen it thousands of times. It's kind of, it's kind of like our um, 
version of the World Series trophy, where the Boston, the Boston Red Sox, um, they have a championship clubhouse where all their pennants and World Series, um, they get to look at it anytime they please. That picture that's hanging in the lobby, that is our World Series championship, and I'm forever going to be proud of that. Um, and how did that happen? And how can you duplicate success? Because I know that was eight years ago today. Um, I do realize that we have a new crop, mostly new crop of people involved. I'm like, of course, me, I've, I've been back and forth with this station. This is my third term with this station. So I'm like the old man on the block now. I never thought I would say that. But here I am. Um, and I realize there's new goals for the radio station. Um, we always want the best. Um, so regardless, um, I, and I th I'm trying to think of some things that you guys can shoot for now. I mean, there is the um, Journalist Awards that take place. Um, they're announced every April. There's that, which hundreds of colleges, they submit entries for best DJ, best show, best journalist, journalistic reports. And um, there's also, um, there used to be the MTV Woody, but that went away three years ago. For the category of college radio, I really hope one day they bring it back because that was really something fun to win. And honestly, I think in 2010, there was a year that they didn't do the MTV Woody. I believe we won that. We should have been the winners of that award that year. They didn't do it. So I think we were robbed of some amazing glory because we were that good. And it was a, it was just a magical run. But for this station right now, we're doing good things now because I am Maxwell Patton's doing great. Maxwell Patton. <laughs> I got I, I keep doing that. Come I'm on, sorry, man. Maxwell. It's fun. He's doing great things. And then, of course, other people that have regular shows. I be, you know what? I beat a bad boy still on this station. He was with us in 2010. And every once in a while, he has Robert Johnson join him on the show. Um, and he has, um, well, I'm drawing a blank on her name, but she also appears on the show as well. Her name is um, Teresa something. I'm sorry I'm blanking on your name in case you're listening, but you're great. So they are still here. They're every Sunday night. And of course, Ted Beast, he's been here for a while. We got Patriot Patrick. We have Adam Reitman. He's the current GM. He's doing great things at this station. So I think it would, I, this station, if there is an award out there, we can win this station right now, um, 2018, they deserve that award. We're doing amazing things every week, which is why I came back to begin with, um, because I don't want to waste my time with people that don't care and people here care. So I'm going to find a way for us to win some type of an award that matters because we do deserve it. And I mean that from all of my heart. So I'll work on that and really any success you have in life. This is something that Nick Wiggett and Juliet Frumholt, two guys that came from that era, which I started in, they've said the same thing. It was about having the right attitude. Having the right attitude is to like what you love. If you're going to spend time doing something, at least enjoy it. Try to make life better for the people around you. Make life better for yourself. And more importantly, make life better for your family and your friends that's away from the station. Make sure they're not miserable and that they can celebrate the love and success that you're having. Um, and it's about that's what the right attitude is all about. I wish that for, of course, myself. And, of course, even though he's here for a short period of time, I wish that for Titus Wayne. Well, thank you. Yes. I wish that for you as well. Well, that's great. Thank you, man. As, um, of course, Ty And, of course, I got a surprise for Titus Wayne. Um, of course, when we have live music, I'm with the New Rockcroft Patterson Band next week. We will have pre-recorded tracks. And Titus Wayne, you're in charge of all the pre-recorded tracks. We'll keep in touch, but you will play all eight to ten songs of your choosing. Awesome. So you're in charge. It's the Titus Wayne playlist next 
episode for the Halloween special. Oh, look, I'm so excited for that. I just surprised. He did not know that, so he's surprised. Awesome. Look, look at his face. <laughs> Facebook feed. He's got a crazy look on his face right now. So that he'll be doing that. Other than my regular crazy looks, he made. Well, yeah. yes, absolutely. Let's end on a happy note. Um, Maxwell, thank you for being on the show. Glad I like your red flannel. So happy red flannel shirt to you. Oh. Thank you. And once again, listen to this podcast. I'm at the Eventide Podcast Network. Um, so check them out. Search them on Google. Of course, you can find my newest release podcast at anchor.fm slash Ohio's on Fire Show. Please support me. Please support College Radio. So until the next episode, go with the flow. Tory Reynolds, Doug Levis. That's the way it is.